Hello listeners, welcome back to a new episode of Piano Rhapsody, an amateur's guide to classical piano. This is a podcast where you follow my weekly progression playing more and more difficult pieces until one day on this very podcast, I'm skilled enough to play Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. We're still very far away from that day, but every week we listen to one of the pieces that I encounter on the road to getting to that point, and we frame the piece in its historical context and analyze its musical core. The end goal is that we all walk away appreciating classical music a little more and learn a little bit so we can tackle more complex pieces in the future. This is episode 5.3, the third episode in a series of five spotlighting the Baroque period. So this episode puts a smack dab in the middle of our discussion on Bach's inventions. We're going to start today with invention number eight in F major which opens with something a little different. This invention is based on the idea of a canon, which is when there are multiple identical voices that have different starting points. The easiest way to think about this is to think of row, row, row your boat. If you have two people singing row, row, row your boat, they sing the exact same melody, only they enter at different points of time. The first person to sing is called the leader, while the additional voices are called followers. A tiddly do ti dum. But um ching. <laughs> Hopefully one person out there appreciates that Peter Pan reference. So invention number eight is composed of four separate two-part canons, which sets it apart from the other inventions that we've talked about so far. In the opening canon, the right hand plays the role of the leader and the left hand is the follower. Here's a part of the opening canon with the right hand alone. The left hand plays a true imitation, only starting one measure later. Here's the same segment adding the left hand, which completes the two parts of the first canon. The second canon swaps roles so that the left hand is the leader and the right hand is the follower. This section is not a strict note-for-note canon like the first one, because the middle section strays a bit from the imitation, but it opens the short canon starting with the left hand. Which is followed by the right hand. The third canon is actually kind of a stretch to even call it that, as it strays from the rules even more. It's more of an imitation of ideas, rather than an exact note-by-note copy. It sounds pretty similar, but not an exact match. I'll show you what I mean. The third segment starts with the left hand, and this idea is imitated in the right hand, just not with the same exact notes.
The fourth and final canon in this invention makes a return to the true imitative form and is very similar to the opening section. This final canon opens with the descending 16th note section that we heard in the first one. The right hand leads with this. With each measure dropping down a third, the left hand repeats the same sequence, delayed by one measure. This offset makes the hands one-third apart, which naturally makes a nice-sounding harmony. And that takes us to the end. One invention, four cannons, two parts each. An invention based on the idea of an echo. This is Bach's invention number eight in F major, BWV 779. And with that, we have reached the halfway mark of the series. Before we continue on with the second invention of the day, let's take a minute to go over the general form of the inventions. We've already seen examples of how the inventions can vary quite a bit. From single subject inventions like numbers 1, 3, and 4, to inventions with two subjects like number 6, or to ones based on canons like the one we just listened to, number 8. While the subject material varies, Bach tends to follow a compositional form with his inventions, which we're about to run through. I didn't want to dive into this in the beginning, because I thought it would be hard to picture at first, but now that we've discussed five inventions already, this should hopefully make a little more sense at this point, and we could use this form to analyze the inventions we encounter in the back half of the series. So I don't think it's a surprise to anybody at this point that the inventions open with a declaration of the subject, or subjects if there are two of them. That's pretty much how every invention opens, and the subject is usually repeated by the second hand. From here, we experience a transition, called an episode, where the subject modulates to a different key. Most commonly, Bach follows the circle of fifths, and places the second key in the dominant. I think we've already seen a couple examples of this during previous episodes. From this point, the subject is restated in the new key, and the hands are usually swapped. If the right hand carried the subject in the beginning, 
Here it would be played by the left hand. Then we experience another episode, or a transition, to another closely related key. Usually at this point, the second transition is made to the relative key. If the invention starts in a major key, we would shift to the relative minor. Or if the invention is written in a minor key, we would at this point transition toward the relative major key. Now that we're in a new key, we may not get another clear presentation of the subject, because the invention's main goal at this point is to get back to the home key. When it gets there, and it won't take long, you're going to know, because the subject will be reinstated in the home key, and it sounds an awful lot like the beginning. Then there will be a couple bars in the home key to round out the whole invention. So let's run through that form one more time. We start out with the subject, modulate to a new key, generally the dominant, restate the subject with a hand switch, modulate to a new key, this time usually the relative, find our way home, recall the subject one last time, and then wrap it up. That's the form of box inventions. Now let's take this form and apply it to fit the shape of invention number 9 in F minor. This invention is similar to number 6 in that it has two different subjects that are woven together simultaneously. Subject number 1 is stated by the right hand. and subject number two with a left hand. And they fit together in the home key of F minor in their initial presentation. Then, we experience the first episode, where the key will modulate from F minor to the dominant key. So, following our circle of fifths, that would lead us to F, G, A, B, C minor. Which we fully arrive to with the restatement of the subjects in the new key. And true to the invention form, this time the subjects swap hands. So now the first subject is played by the left hand, and the second subject by the right. So not only did we switch keys to the dominant, but the hand swapped as well here. From this point, Box focused on returning to the home key of F minor, but in order to get there, he modulates the key one more time to the relative major key. 
So to go from a minor key to its relative major, we need to go up a whole and a half step. So starting from F minor, we go up one full step to G, and then one half step to A flat. So now we're in A flat major. This is the first time in this invention that we have an elongated major sound. But this soundscape is short-lived, because we soon find ourselves back in the home key of F minor, with a final restatement of the subjects, which is an echo of the beginning, but the second subject in the left hand changes just a little bit. This final statement takes us right to the end, where the invention closes on a final F note in both hands. So let's put it all together and listen to all of these parts in action. Here is Bach's entire invention number 9 in F minor, BWV 780. Three weeks down, two to go. I hope that this discussion on the invention's form helped lay out a blueprint to guide your listening. You could also go back and listen to the inventions from previous episodes 
and see how they fit into this formula. Everything should check out pretty nicely. Bach was a stickler for stuff like this. Next week, we'll continue our tour of the inventions with my own personal favorite. Until then. The standalone recordings for the two inventions we talked about today can be found right in the podcast feed. And for the piano players out there, you will find links to the public domain sheet music in the episode details. We skipped invention number 7 today, but if you're interested in hearing it, you could head over to the Piano Rhapsody SoundCloud page where you'll be able to hear every recording that we've covered in this podcast and more. And better yet, it's all for free. Thanks for your time and for listening to the podcast. If you're finding the podcast for the first time, please click on the subscribe button. Or if you're so inclined, please rate and review. All of that is greatly appreciated as it helps the podcast find new ears. All right, I think that does it. I'll talk to you all next week.